so many ways in which we try to do spirituality instead of being spirit. But mm -hmm. when the person begins their healing journey, you don't have to convince them of anything. There's just, there's a new awareness that comes like a light goes on and a new stage and a phase in their journey begin. You know, one of the things that has always helped that ha helped me a lot with that and um, accepting a lot of things happening in life is when you intentionally put the spirit before anything you're doing. Yes. Even if the circumstance at the end of it, quote unquote, looks negative yes. or whatever it is, you could reassure, you could be reassured that it's not because you're, you could tell yourself, you know what? I trusted the spirit. I did what, what, what the spirit told me to do. I put, I put God first, so to speak, if you're, you know, right. you're more religious, and right. so whatever I'm getting now, this is what I'm meant to get. So this is it. Well, that's exactly, you know, we've been going through the process of attempting to sell our house, you know, and the other day uh, we had somebody who actually put in an offer after this being on the market for, um, you know, three, four months. And uh, we began to look at how the offer came in. And one of the things that I said was, I, I, I'm pretty sure this person isn't being authentic. Um, and and I, I then just put the thought out, you know, just let this be a true, authentic deal or let it fizzle out very quickly, right? I have the sense that the house will sell soon, but if this isn't the right one, just let it fizzle. And that's exactly what happened. So, but I don't sit there and go, oh, woe is me, the house is not sold and all this other stuff. I go, well, thank you, because you know what, that probably prevented a lot of you know, a harm yeah. later on, or a lot of moaning and groaning and grieving later mm -hmm. on, just because yeah. it didn't work out, right? So you trust that the thoughts that you've put out there is going to create the thing that you want. And I want a genuine, authentic, very real person who loves my home to come and make an offer without trying to like be, you know, I talked about the vulture, you know, the <laughs> right, vulture. yeah. The vulture is up there just waiting for you to die. And I'm like, I'm not dead. So yeah, like, yeah, it doesn't yeah. need to be a vulture here, right? So mm -hmm. um, love that. So we're going to move into our next segment. Um, talk to us about the OFC and the work that you do through the OFC. I should also say that uh, Pharaoh and I met while I was speaking at a conference in Montreal, Quebec, and that was in May. And at that conference, I was asked to talk about um, strategies for uh, uh, community mental health programs. And I, I talked about many things in that presentation that I did. And I one of the things that I positioned that presentation with was the understanding that when we connect, we are so powerful. And that connection is the one thing that is disconnection is the one thing that's devastating us now. So we don't need any more mental health programs, quite frankly, we've got enough. Uh, but very few of those mental health uh, strategies actually target disconnection as the point of intervention. And so I presented there. And I was actually calling folks to come and join me as I lead or chair the National Healing Journey. And the National Healing Journey is calling for people of African descent to recognize the traumas uh, that we've endured, especially over the last 500 years. Recognize that those traumas now travel through our DNA and uh, through our blood um, and that they interplay with us through intergenerational traumas. So I was calling for the healing and for 
everybody to embark on that journey. And then the other part of that call is for communities. Uh, so if we think about communities that have overlapping experiences, so you might have a community of women who've been exposed to violence, a community of children who've been exposed to bullying, a community of men who've experienced, uh, for example, imprisonment or uh, police brutality, or a community of individuals who've actually been imprisoned and had that experience in all the ways that it dehumanizes. Mm -hmm. So those communities then need to go on a healing journey together. This is where we come together. We actually talk through it. We actually review our history. And then we move through a forgiveness, a conscious forgiveness process. Pharaoh heard me speak. And then uh, we connected and he said, I have a community and your your stuff that you're talking about is, you know, the answer that I've been looking for. So since then, we have uh, been looking at how we can work together, how we can collaborate on many, many projects. So I give you that background and I give him the stage now to talk about the OFC and the work that the OFC is doing now and the work that the OFC wants to do in the future. Well, again, I'm always uh, just grateful to life because being present there and hearing you speak that day, um, like I think I had using using our matrix reference, I'm pretty sure I said you're the one. I was like, yo, I was with my cousin at the time. I'm like, I think she's the one. She has the message. She has the message. Okay, so basically, um, the OFC is like, as, as you said, it's a community organization. And the goal of it is really to be of service to the community. Like, it, and it, it, the OFC has gone through some evolution when it started off. Um, it really started actually funny um, as almost like a bartering club. The, mm -hmm. the whole goal uh, really? was to bring, yeah, so I found one of like one of my original membership forms. And that was on paper, you know, like, <laughs> and it was, and it was really the whole concept was let's come together as a, as a human species. Funny enough, I was, I was on this years ago without your yes. realizing. Yes. Let's come together on the, as a human species. Um, and let's, uh, the, the foundation is love. Yes. And let's build together and work together, um, in a way that we don't need money between us. That was the that was the base, right? The base was it was about helping each other, um, putting um, paying it forward, so to speak. Yes. Not having to put currency in between us. And my underlining raison d'être, like my my purpose, was because one day we might not control the currency, so we need to be able to live. And um, for that, we need to establish relationship with each other, and we need to know uh, we need to establish this means of of you know bartering. So the yes. whole. When it started, it was like that. And then it grew uh, very quickly, actually. Uh, then I took it off track. I have to say that. And like me, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I did. Because, How so? Um, it grew. It was growing very quickly. But I wasn't seeing a lot of Black people, if I'm going to be very just straightforward. It was growing. And I had sprinkles. But it was more growing within the white community. Like mm -hmm. I had people. And my network has always been large. So I was able to canvas white and Black people. Yes. So then I'm like. I'm like, this is weird. I'm like, it seems like this message of love is not hitting our people. <laughs> like, I'm like, why is that? Like, it doesn't why hit us very well either? <laughs> you know, I was like, what, what's happening? So then, so and again, I say I took myself off track because I was like, you know what? I want to help black people more. Like, I want to make. I want. I I wasn't on this whole race thing when I started it, but I'm like, but I feel there's a need like within our community to get us to love ourselves, to love, um, you know, each other, so to speak. So yeah. then I. I dove into the into the crazy world of black community. And it's like it was a such a 
like eye-opening experience. It was like um, how so? How so? It, it just like I didn't realize that like how damaged we were. So I came into this green, just doing what I was already doing within the OFC, but hyper-focusing now on the Black community. So I would see people on Facebook because Facebook was kind of newish and they'd be complaining about something, regular things. And then I just offer help. I'd say, here, here's a contact you could do. And yeah. it, they were people were so reluctant to just receive help. Yeah. So that's when I realized how how far gone. I was like, oh, we are way off. Like yes. people don't even take help. So then the more I, I deep dove into it, I understood that a lot of community organizations, unfortunately, had manipulated the community. So there was already there was a bad taste in people's mouth when it comes to the community. There was no trust anymore. Trust it was completely destroyed. So community organizations had no support from people for obvious reasons because they've been uh, exploiting yeah. them. People didn't trust in any organizations because the orgs had a tendency of applying for funding on behalf of community, getting the money and not serving community at all. Yeah. So then that's when to when I came into it super green and not knowing the back history, I was getting hit with all kinds of things. And then the fact that I was trying to unite people on this thing, like, well, let's work together as a black community so we can empower each other and whatever. I was getting black people attacking me. I was getting people telling me I'm creating segregation. I had a person literally tell me if I join this, this group, white people won't buy from me anymore. I like, so I was, and I was like, wow, this is, this wow. is it. But being like how I am, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to give up on people. I will continue to work at it, right? And so I, it, it took us forever to even come up with this term, the melanated community. Um, that was because trying to be like the African, uh, Nubian, right. Um, right. <laughs> I, I tried black, uh, more. I tried all right. kind of different terms to unite us as a, as a black people, so to speak. Yes. And it was, it was super impossible. So then the spirit gave me the whole melanated term. So that helped a lot to be able to unite us as a people. But at the at the 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 whole goal of the OFC was always to just empower, right? Mm -hmm. So then I just recently actually I had gotten to a point where I was like, okay, you know what? Like my spirit is is bubbling. Like it's like something. It's like it's time to shift. So yeah. then I had another session, and it was almost as if my spirit was asking me, like, okay, are you ready to go back to what? you're supposed to be doing because you you picked up this black agenda that's not what we set up right you right. did this are you are you finished now are you ready now yes. to get back yes. and i was yes. like yeah i'm ready and then so from when i changed that I, things started to look differently to me and sound differently to me because then i'm like i'm hearing things and i'm like that is wrong that's not the right wording we're using we're still using wording that would separate us as a species so we need to not and because i know my calling i need to get us back to where we're where we're supposed to be going so then uh, i i, I know that let I, me ask you a question as you are you know speaking to the humanity and mm -hmm. those of us that you know are in that space and that frequency of love, that, that frequency of peace. So as you are speaking to that group, then what do you, what do you do about black people who are so wounded that, and, and so untrusting and so unwilling to connect? Uh, like we're in a pretty desperate space. I've even seen it over the years as I've tried to reach out and say, black people, let's, you know, let's do our healing work. Let's do our healing work. It's a hard space to get people to come to. So how do you, how do you in one way acknowledge the state of how things are? And then at the same time, keep on mission and then not exclude those who are, are not, you know, ready, prepared, able, capable 
we could use all of these words. Mm-hmm. So what one of the things that we've done in terms of get, gaining gaining people's trust, right, has always been to provide for their needs. Now, with that, because that that trust is established, we're able to communicate with a lot of people on a certain level. Yeah, uh, where they'll they'll listen to us, they'll respond to us, and they'll deal. But at the same time, we had to adopt a what uh, I want to find the right term that doesn't come across too harsh, but just keeping it real. Yeah, we had to let the dead bury the dead so to speak. Mm. So those who we're not here to convince people, we're not here to pull you to consciousness or to to force you to get help. Yeah. It could be your calling to go through hell and die. And it's not our responsibility to step in between there. That's right. not it. And it took it took some it took a lot actually because as it's like how I am, I want to help everything and everybody. Like but then I had to get to, to realize that, wait a second, that person, like one either doesn't really even want help. That person is going through something where all I could do is wish them the best, remind them that the service and the support is here for them yes. and leave that's- them and let them do their thing. Right. And that's, and that has been, it's been really empowering. It has been life changing because it, it allowed us to kind of release a couple of anchors that was preventing us from going on because we're trying to carry everybody. And it's like, you have to understand that it's not for everybody. Like that's just, that's life. Like that's, that's just really what it is. It's for those who want it. And that has given me such a peace, such a joy to, to work for those who actually want it to, um, you know, it's just a different thing. It's funny. I have a business coach that I work with in Atlanta and he's like, um, he's not, he's not down to work with losers. And I was like, wow. I was like, that is so harsh. He's like, well, no, he's like, he's like, the thing is there's business owners that you meet and they're, you could see they're trying to do stuff. He's like, I love to work with business owners and I'll put the energy into them to help them to get somewhere else. He's like, I'm not trying to hear, I'm not here to try to make losers winners. Like people who, who, who have loser mentality and how, who don't do what they're supposed to do to move their business forward. And then they're like, they're trying to come to you to just do it for them. Nah, bro, I'm not here to do it for you. Like I'm here to help you to do better. And right. that's why, like, you know, but I'm definitely like, you know what I mean? But I'm not here to drag you. And that's, that's what my problem was before. Like I was, I was here to, trying to make losers into winners. It's like, yo, no, you could just be a loser. And that's, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, <laughs> I can't, I can't do much for you. So, you know, so, and so that's, that's yes, I mean. Pharaoh, there is something wrong with that. And, you Tell know, me. Robert <laughs> Pruitt, he would say, Joan, you're trying to control somebody. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's, that's really what it is. Like, I'm, I'm okay with people. Like, and the thing is, it's, it's like, it's like loving, like loving, like immensely, but also just not caring kind of all at the same time where it's just like, look, I love you to death, but I I agree. Sometimes you have to surrender to the reality. I mean, I've had people come to my practice and I know they're crying out for help. Otherwise they wouldn't be at the front door. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as you step towards them, there's like daggers that come, you know, they're, they're still in a, in a war um, and they think they need to fight even mm-hmm. with you as the ter- as the therapist, right? Yep. And for some of those people, I've had to say, I can't help you. Like, until you are ready to see that if if in this relationship, 
you lose. We, if I lose, you lose, but definitely mm-hmm. you lose, you know? <laughs> right, so, yeah. so it cannot be uh, this way. I don't operate in a space of war and fear and terror and fighting. And so if you are still in that zone and you can't hear my voice and be guided by my voice, then there is no point in us working together. Mm-hmm. So I might be a little bit more empathetic, but essentially some people are in the pit and they can't see a way out and they just kind of keep twirling in a circle and that's all there is to it. Even if you offered them a hand, they they pretty well just frequency, at a frequency level, they drag you into the pit with yes. them. And at some points you just, you can't do that anymore. It can't be the, you know, the everyday sacrifice uh, to go into the pit, right? And, and, and understanding and respecting the spirit. Like that's like, yeah. you have to, and that, that's, again, this was another revelation of mine was to understand that we're all spiritual beings. We yeah. all are very powerful spiritual beings. So now the God inside of you, it, like it's going to do what it's going to do. So I'm just going to let you know. I'll plant a seed. I may, I may, you know, tr- like plant something that you know will, will will germinate and tickle your spirit a little bit. But if it's not your time, like I can't wake you up before your time. Your spirit has even set and it's on an alarm clock. So and that's something I heard Bobby Hemmett say, like in a, one of the old school uh, documentaries. Yes. But he had mentioned that he had mentioned that a lot of times when people become conscious, quote unquote conscious or awoken, we try to go around waking everybody up, and right. that's not that's not the design. That's not right? it. Like, <laughs> Certain people are like, yo, it's like they set their alarm for 10 years from now and you're coming talking all those things. They're not hearing you. You sound annoying. You sound loud. Like it's like it's just not your time. But those who are already awoken, you don't have you don't have to talk loud. You can just say, like, hey, I'm here. And they're like, great. That's right. That's you. right. That's right. right? So, so that's really what it is. But, you know, did I finish answering? I was going to. No, let me tell you. I, I forgot to conclude. With ter- okay, how go ahead. Sorry. Through. Did I interrupt you? I We went down a rabbit hole a little bit, but just, just quick. <laughs> So basically, so what ended up, so with the OFC and um, our whole thing is like, and how we amass, like I was saying, like the the numbers and the influence and stuff that we had was by serving the community and providing for their basic need. And a lot of times it was economic. But yeah. now while the spirit was pulling at me to help humanity to evolve, I came to realize that there's more to it. It's not just about money. So that's when I was actually asking the spirit for guidance, asking the spirit questions, trying to figure out what's the next step. I was just in the process of completely revamping. I had all the members re-sign the community commitment because I'm like, okay, maybe it has something to do with their their commitment to each other. So let me, but then in listening to you speak, it was so like, it was like a light bulb went off because I'm like, the problem that we're dealing with right now is that we're in terms of the OFC, we're building on weak foundations. We're we're providing resources, contacts, um, money to people within the community, but they're not in a face in a space where they can properly receive it. Really, they can't like so it's like that's why it keeps seeming like yo, it's like all this work we're doing, all this money's coming out, but why do I feel like we're still in the same situation? Like it's not getting any better. And I've even seen situations where I've I've seen people become wealthy through the group and then leave community. And I'm like, that's not what's supposed to happen. Like they're supposed to now give back and have to build community, lift another person up. So now we have more wealthy people. With it. So that's when I was like, no, we're damaged as a people. And and connecting with you, it's helped us to understand like, okay, you know what? We got to go a step backwards in order to run forward. So it's yeah. like, we got to go back to helping people to understand the traumas that they've gone through, understand that they need to heal, understand that they need to pay attention to themselves. Like it, these are some fundamental foundational things. And 
I am I'm a very strong believer that once we start to to tickle people that way and plant these kind of seeds and open up people's consciousness and help people to actually heal, then it's even all the conversation about even spirituality, it's easier to absorb all the con- everything. And then we can probably build on top of our community and build on you, top of you speak you speak what I know, which is you know, you can't even begin to say to a person, you are a, a spiritual being having a human experience. Like mm-hmm. you can't say that to them until they have healed the traumas. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if they go to church, even if they're a Buddhist, even if they do their meditations on a regular basis and all this other stuff, it doesn't matter what ritual they engage in. If they haven't actually started to do soul work, if they haven't mm-hmm. actually started to engage in the healing process, they will not know how powerful they are. They will not know their connection to the divine. And that whole idea of, oh, I'm not a human being having like going to church and having a spiritual experience. I'm not a human being going to temple or Mm -hmm. the, you know, whatever other places we go to have those spiritual experiences or I'm not a human being, you know, like puffing on whatever that uh, there's, there's a drink, the ayahuasca. That's all right. That that's also a spiritual journey. I'm trying to do that, by the way. Okay. <laughs> like I'm just saying, there's so many ways in which we try to do spirituality instead of being spirit. But mm-hmm. when the person begins their healing journey, you don't have to convince them of anything. There's just there's a new awareness that comes, like a light goes on, and a new stage and a phase in their journey begins. So, mm-hmm. I want to ask the question of our audience right now. Like, how are you ready? Have you started? Have you began to move through the process of of knowing and uh, and remembering who you are? Because that's what really healing is. Healing is coming back to the place of wholeness. Healing is coming to the place of oneness. So all the ways in which the world divides us, we've already divided ourselves, created personalities, sub-identities, you know, all of these things. And beliefs and values, these are all divisions. So are you in a space where you're ready to come back to that place of wholeness? And and all you have to do is make a decision. So have you made the decision yet? Mm -hmm. And if not, why not? Mm -hmm.